Okay, we'll go ahead and get started this morning. Um, in case you don't know, I'm not Derek Gray. Yeah, I am his son, so there might be some resemblance. Um, people have told me that before. Um, they are traveling in California, so he asked me to fill in for him today. Um, he gave me the choice of either coming up with something, just whatever I wanted to do, or to continue with what you guys have uh, been going through, which is the book of 1 Corinthians. I chose to just go ahead and and um, keep on going with what he had been building on, make it a little easier. Um, you know, that way we're not skipping a week, having to go back, having to go back and things like that. <clears throat> so, today uh, we're going to continue in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and we've been looking at verses 7 through 11, uh, which are dealing with some of the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit. Um, so what we're going to look at this morning, again, which I know you guys touched on last week, are these sign gifts, um, and whether or not those gifts are, were temporary, were they meant only for that point in time when they were given, uh, during the life of Jesus and during the age of the apostles, during their ministry, or were those gifts meant to continue on into our day? And if they were meant to continue, are we supposed to use them, seek them, pursue them, experience them, just like they did back during the time of Jesus and back during the time of the apostles? So let's again read our scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Um, So this morning we're going to look at Two of the five sign gifts, which is healing and miracles. Um, There's no deep revelation that we need in order to understand what healing and miracles are. It's very simple. Um, Healing, obviously, is if you have some kind of disease, some kind of affliction, there's something wrong with you and it's just taken away from you. Um, That's what healing is. We still see healings today. Um, maybe not like we did, they did back then, but it is something that is still around. Um, so just some examples out of scripture, giving sight to the blind, uh, healing the lame, um, healing the lepers, you know, raising people from the dead, all of those types of things are examples of healings. Um, miracles in this context, we're talking about actual like signs and wonders is what we'll, what we'll see in a lot of the scriptures that we look at today. That's how it's phrased. Um, these are outward, uh, outward miracles, things that you can actually see with your own eyes. Um, turning the water into wine, feeding the 5,000, you know, all the miracles that we're told about that Jesus did. Um, so those are the two types of things that we're looking at this morning. And just so y'all know, y'all may get out of here pretty early, because I go through this a whole lot faster than Dad normally does. So you'll have time to go get breakfast or something. Um, so again, I know y'all touched on this last week. There is really, among Bible-believing Christians, there's no debate that these gifts once existed, right? I mean, if you read Scripture, 
if you believe Scripture, you cannot deny that they were real um, because it is flat out told to us that people were healed and that miracles happened. So hopefully no one here is going to deny that these things did occur during the history of the Bible. Um, and where the disagreement arises among believers today is whether or not these gifts still exist, whether or not they should still be pursued, whether or not we should still expect to experience true healing and true miracles today. Um, we'll look at this little chart one more time. Uh, we have the three, basically everybody can fall into kind of three different groups about what they believe on this. Um, you have cessationists who believe that the, geese, uh, the gifts have ceased, they're no longer in operation today. You do not see them anymore. Um, then you have on the complete opposite side of that, charismatics, who believe that those gifts existed back then, they exist today, they are for today, um, they are for us to experience, and that all Christians should openly and actively pursue, embrace, and experience the, all of these different sign gifts, not just healing and miracles. Then you have the people who are kind of in the middle who say, well, I don't believe those gifts have completely ceased. Um, I don't believe necessarily that we should experience them like we did back then. But we do know that healings still occur, miracles still happen, so maybe we should pursue these gifts, but pursue them cautiously. Um, use discernment when we experience these gifts or when we see someone coming, come into our fellowship or if we see someone on TV, we hear about someone who has the gift of healing, who has the gift of miracles, you know, we should, we should uh, be careful about that person, um, but not necessarily saying that, yes, he definitely has it, or no, he definitely does not. So, my opinion, and a lot of my opinions line pretty close up with dads. Um, some things we are different on, but for the most part, we're, we walk the same line on a lot of these things pretty closely. Um, so I know he believes this, I do as well, that the sign gifts are still in effect today. We can still see them. We can still experience them. Um, I don't believe that they were just completely cut off from Christians when the apostles died, when the holy canon of Scripture was finished, um, and all of that. I, I don't believe that. If you do believe it, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Um, I'm not going to say I'm right, but it's what I believe, and it's what I think, uh, what I believe Scripture teaches and supports. So, um, going back to the table, applying these to healing and miracles, the gifts of healing and the gift of miracles, cessationists believe that healing and miracles were limited to the apostolic age. So when that age ended, when the apostles all died, when they were done writing scripture, those gifts were done. Um, charismatics will believe that healings and miracles are op openly and actively pursued today. And then we have people in the middle um, who say they don't occur like they did back then, but they do still happen. So, we're going to look at five, actually no, we're going to look at the two views. Um, I know we had three in the chart, but we're really going to look at two different ones. Um, the first one is going to say that healing and miracles were limited to the earthly ministry of Jesus and to the age of the apostles. So this would be kind of the cessationist view who believe that they occurred back then, they don't really occur now. Um, the healing ministry of Jesus and the apostles was extremely unique. Uh, you don't really need to read very much, uh, or you don't read very much about other Christians during that time in the Bible who were experiencing healings and miracles like Jesus was doing or like the apostles were doing. 
Um, the open practice of these gifts was almost, of these two gifts, was almost exclusive, not 100% exclusive, but almost exclusively limited to Jesus and his apostles. And if y'all have questions or want to stop me, discuss anything, just yell at me and I'll stop. Um, During this time, healing and miracles were meant to show that Jesus was the Son of God. It was, they were meant to validate who he was. That was one of uh, one of the tools, one of the powers that he was given, he, I mean, he had access to all the powers and all the gifts, but these are two things that he used in order to show people, I am who I say I am. Um, I am sent by God, and here is evidence of, of who I am and that what I'm saying is true. Um, once Jesus ascended into heaven, and once the canon of Scripture was finalized, there was no longer any reason, now this again, This is not me saying this. This is what the cessationists will believe. Um, This is evidence for their point of view. That once he left this world, once the apostles left this world, there was no longer any reason for healings and miracles to take place. Because if they were meant to validate their message, they were gone. So there's no need to validate their message anymore. That had already been done. That had already been recorded. So we're going to look at five different pieces of evidence for this view, for the view that those gifts have ceased and they were meant only for Jesus and only for the apostles. Um, The first one is the special ministry of the apostles in Acts. Um, The second one, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians, a verse in 2 Corinthians. We're also going to look at a verse in Hebrews. Then we're going to talk about the uniqueness of Jesus' ministry. And lastly, we'll look that there is no parallel in in church history. So, the first one is the special ministry of the apostles in Acts. Um, Luke, the author of Acts, wants us to see that signs and wonders were a special ministry of the apostles um, and not as a commonplace thing that occurred um, in the general Christian body or among general Christians. Um, They weren't things that just happened all the time. It wasn't you know, oh, a, a new believer just got saved and baptized, and all of a sudden they're out there healing people, they're out there doing miracles, they're out there doing all this kind of stuff. That's not what we read about when we read in Acts. Um, so let's read Acts 2, chapter 2, verse 22, which says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs which God did through him. So the word attested means to provide or serve as clear evidence of, um, or declare that something exists or is the case or is true. Um, It can also mean to be a witness to or to certify formally if you're looking more like the legal term of the word. So when we sit here um, and we read that Jesus was attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs, this is proving that those mighty works and wonders and signs were meant to serve as clear evidence of who he was um, or declaring that he existed and that his existence was real. Um, it was also to be a witness of who he was and what his mission was. So Luke is reminding us in this scripture uh, that miracles played a very, very, very important part of Christ's earthly ministry. So Luke then shows us the importance of signs and wonders in the ministry of the apostles. So we see, we saw that they how the role they played in Jesus' life and in Jesus' ministry, but we'll also see the role they played uh, for the apostles. Um, then and again in Acts 2, verses 43, 
which says, Fear or awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, not through Christians, not through the believers, not through the entire body of Christ, but those, um, those signs and wonders were done through the apostles. And then again in Acts 5.12, which says, Now many signs and wonders were done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Again, not by the hands of any believer, but specifically through the apostles. Acts 14.3, So they, speaking about Paul and Barnabas, remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands, by Paul's and Barnabas's hands, not by the general Christian population at that time. Another verse from Acts 15.12, And all the assembly kept silent, and they listened to, Paul, to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. So, try and picture when we read this verse, um, all the assembly kept quiet. They listened to Paul and Barnabas. So just picture, you know, you have Paul and Barnabas up here speaking, and who knows how many people they were speaking in front of, but every single person in that congregation was completely silent. Um, they were all intently listening to what they said. That tells us that they were speaking about something very important, um, or that these stories they were telling that, I mean, just think about a kid, um, you know, if you tell your kid a story that's extremely interesting, something they've never heard of before, something they've never experienced before, they're going to sit there and listen. They're not going to be distracted by things going on around, around them. Um, so that tells us that these stories that Paul and Barnabas were telling um, as they related the signs and wonders that God had done through them, that tells us that these, these stories, these miracles, these things they were talking about, it was not commonplace. If this was happening all the time, then everybody in that congregation would have just been like, man, you know, we've, we've heard this before. People are doing this all over the place. Why, why are your stories so much more interesting than all of theirs? But that's not the case. Um, if miracles and if these signs and wonders were common, then it wouldn't have been so interesting for the people listening to Paul and Barnabas. So, there's no arguing, arguing that miracles played a very special and a very unique role in validating the ministry of Jesus and validating the ministry of the apostles. Um, at that time, miracles were not intended to be commonplace among general Christians. It was not something that general Christians uh, actually took part of. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. All right, so second, so we looked at the special ministry of the apostles in Acts. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, which says, The signs of an apostle were performed among you in all patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. So again, Paul is writing um, in this scripture, just a little bit of context, a little bit of background. He was writing to the church at Corinth to defend his apostleship because there were some rumors, there were some stories going around about some other people who were better apostles than Paul was um, or that Paul wasn't you know, as, as good as, he was, as people were, um, were saying, that he wasn't really up there. Um, so he was writing to the church at Corinth to say, no, I, I am a true apostle. These other men, they are not. Um, so one of his... Uh, I guess one of his pieces of evidence 
was his signs and wonders that he had performed and that the church of Corinth knew he had performed. So he says the signs of an apostle, um, which are signs and wonders and many works. So obviously those signs um, or those miracles were signs to validate his apostleship, that his apostleship was true. So Paul is insistent that there is evidence of his apostleship, and that evidence was signs and wonders. So if miracles, again, were a part of everyday Christian life, then how would people in the church or how would unbelievers, how would they know who was an apostle and who was just a regular Christian? Um, you know, if we, have, if we have Paul over here who's, you know, saying he's been anointed by God, he's been given this special gift of ministry and this special calling of ministry, and then you got the guy over here who was just saved a week ago, and they're both out there performing miracles, they're both out there touching people and just healing them. I mean, how do you know Paul's an apostle and not this guy is? Or how do you know this guy's an apostle and Paul may not be if they're out there doing the same sort of thing? So, so we can tell, reading these scriptures, that um, it implies that once, or sorry, it implies that signs, that evidence of a person's apostleship were signs and miracles in the gifts of healing. Um, so again, it implies that once the ministry of the apostles ended, so did the gift of miracles and healing. Um, the reason for that would be once the apostles were gone, if there were still people out there healing people, still out there performing miracles like the apostles did, then Christians would think that person was an apostle. If they were doing the same thing the apostles were doing, why would they think any different? All right, so now let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, which says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So let's look at this portion of that scripture, which says it was, it was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So this passage is speaking about um, the apostles bringing the gospel to others. Uh, God showed God himself showed proof of his great salvation, his great gift that he's given to us using signs and wonders and various miracles. So it sounds like the miracles were not an everyday occurrence in the church, but something the church looked back, at, looked back on at a very special time um, when the eyewitness of the Lord first brought the gospel, when Jesus himself first brought the gospel, and then when the disciples and the apostles did as well. So now let's look at the uniqueness of Jesus' ministry, um, which we can't really deny that his ministry was unique. So Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 8 says, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. So here, 
Jesus very clearly commanded the disciples to incorporate healings and miracles as part of their ministry. Um, now, when we read this, we would think, well, this is kind of advocating that, you know, we should still be using these gifts today because he's sitting there telling them, go out, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. If he told the disciples to do it, then we should probably be doing that too. Um, but let's look at what Jesus told the disciples just two verses earlier. So two verses earlier, it says, these 12 sent Jesus out, or these 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of these Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. <coughs> Sorry, that's going to be on the podcast. Um, so, before we looked at it and we said, well, Jesus is telling us to, to go out, proclaim his word, to, to heal people, to raise people from the dead. But if we look at the verse in context, which we should always do, we see that Jesus was telling them, don't go out into the world and do this. This is meant for the people of Israel. This is meant for the Jews. Um, so pretty much everybody will agree that this commandment that Jesus gave the disciples was temporary. It was not meant to uh, exist all throughout time. Uh, and that's obvious because right before Christ ascended into heaven, the Great Commission says to go out among all the nations, right? So we can't look at that and say, well, well, shoot, I mean, I guess the message of Jesus isn't for us. It is. Um, but that specific commandment to the disciples he gave was a temporary commandment. Um, for a short time, Jesus' ministry was limited only to the Jews. Uh, but after the resurrection, Jesus commands us to go to all the nations. Um, so we can't assume that every single thing that Jesus commanded in his lifetime was meant to be continued after his ministry and after his time on earth was to be completed. That doesn't, doesn't mean it was wrong, it just means he meant it for that certain time in history. Um, there was something unique about that time of the incarnation and the unusual upsurge of signs and wonders was part of that uniqueness. Uh, just think, you know, God himself is on this earth. Um, it would be pretty obvious that if God himself is walking this earth, that, you know, some cool things would probably be happening around him. Even if it's not him doing it, um, just his spirit being here among people would cause signs, wonders, other, just any kind of signs and uh, miracles and all that kind of stuff would follow him. All right, so lastly, we'll look at, and lastly just for this, um, that there is no parallel in church history for the continuance of signs and wonders and healing. <clears throat> if healings and miracles were still to be openly pursued today, just like they were during the time of Jesus, and just like they were during the apostolic age, then it would we would assume that in church history it would be recorded that there were some other people who had these same gifts, just like the apostles did. Um, but that's not the case. There's not really any documentation in church history of a person who had the gift of healing or who had the gift of miracles like the apostles did. They, the apostles, I mean, we, we have to keep in mind that 
when the apostles healed somebody, they healed them, right? They went to somebody who had a debilitating disease. There was no help. I mean, that person had no other options. It was live with this disease, probably die by this disease, maybe in 10 years, maybe tomorrow, or get healed. And they would touch that person, and that person would be healed completely, instantly, no going back. Um, the same with miracles. Now, when we think about miracles today, what, give me an, um, who here has experienced a miracle in their life? Does anybody want to tell me about it just real quick? Or maybe not to you personally, but something you've seen? Miracle. Well, either one. Really? Hmm? What kind? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, when we, um, I'll be careful how I say this, when we think of, of healings and miracles today, honestly, they would probably pale in comparison to what was occurring back then, right? Can we all agree on that? And that's not to say that, that any healing that you've experienced isn't, isn't less true, isn't less powerful, isn't anything less, but the pure power that probably came from that healing or from that miracle, if we, if we experienced something like we saw back then, I mean, you would, I, it would probably wreck your entire life, to be honest. Um, so that doesn't mean that the healings that we see today and the miracles that we see today, because I, we do see them, um, I don't think anybody here can deny that. Even if maybe you've not experienced one personally, we know they still occur because we see it, we hear about it. Um, so that doesn't mean that it's any less unreal um, or that it's any less powerful in your life or, or in your relationship with God. Um, only that it's done in a different order. It's done in a different way um, than the signs and the wonders and the healings that Jesus and the apostles uh, did. So, to say that healings and miracles were limited to the earthly ministry of Jesus and to the age of the apostles, um, and after going through all those reasons, you might, you might think that, you know, I stood up here earlier and said that I think they are still for today, but then all that stuff I just said is kind of conflicting. Um, and again, a lot of those reasons we went over, I don't necessarily disagree with them. They all sound good, don't they? And they're, I mean... We read a scripture for every single one of them. So these aren't just opinions of, of people who came up with these things on their own. This is stuff that's they have scripture to back it up. Now, even if those people are right, that doesn't mean that healings don't occur today. That doesn't mean that miracles don't occur today. What we're saying is that people do not have the true gift of healing or the true gift of miracles like the apostles did. So, now let's look at some of the evidence of why gifts of healing and miracles should be pursued and should be experienced today. So we're going to look at four different pieces of evidence. Um, the first one is continuity between Jesus' ministry and the churches. Uh, we're also going to look at signs and wonders done in Acts by non-apostles, by people who are not apostles. We're going to look at Galatians 3, 5, 
And then lastly, we'll look at gifts of healing and gifts of miracles. So, continuity between Jesus' ministry and the church's ministry. Um, Jesus does, when we read our scriptures, it does seem to teach that there should be a continuance or a similarity um, between Jesus' own ministry and the church's ministry. Because if Jesus did it, why shouldn't we try and do it, right? Obviously, we can't do it in the same way because we're not Jesus, but we should try, we should strive, we should be like Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. Um, So if we should live our lives like Christ, why should our ministry not try and emulate Jesus' ministry? So let's look at a few scriptures to back that up. Um, John 20, 21 says, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. So Jesus sent me, I'm sending you. Luke 9, 2, he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal. So Jesus sent people out to preach the gospel. Jesus sent people out to heal. Just like uh, he came here to do. <clears throat> and then Luke 10, 9, whenever you enter a town, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. <clears throat> So the preaching of the gospel, looking at those scriptures, there's other ones as well. Those are not the only ones. Those are just three I pulled out. The preaching of the gospel seems to be very closely linked with the ministry of healing. We hear, go out and preach the gospel and heal people. Go preach the gospel and heal people. Go tell people the kingdom of heaven is coming and heal people. Um, Over and over again, those two things are are in the same sentence. They're in the same commandment. They're not separated. Uh, Matthew 24, 14 says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, then the end will come. So the same gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached is to be preached upon all the until all the nations have heard it. So the same exact gospel that Jesus preached is to be preached by us today until everybody in this world, or as close as we can possibly get, has heard it. And it would seem natural that we should spread that message the same way that Jesus did, um, except in those points which he tells us to change or in which he tells us to stop doing. Or if there is um, a later scripture in the New Testament which tells us to change. So for example, when we looked at that scripture earlier where Jesus only commanded the disciples to go to the Jews, we don't do that anymore. Um... Because Jesus later, that was a temporary commandment, like we said. Later, he changed that commandment and said, now you go to all the nations. Now you go to all the Gentiles. You go to the whole world. Um, But Jesus never said to stop healing. He never said, go to all the nations, but don't heal anybody. Preach the gospel, but don't heal anybody. We're not doing that anymore. He never says that. So why should we stop doing it if he doesn't tell us to? John 14, 12 says, truly I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do. How about that? So if you believe in Jesus, you will also do the works that he did. So obviously, we don't want to get too carried away with this statement, because we all know that we're not Jesus, so we're not going to do everything that he did. All right. So this isn't saying, man, I believe in God, so I can go walk on water, I can go touch a blind person, he's going to spit in his eyes, he's going to be healed, he'll probably go to jail. Um, so, I mean, remember, we have, to, we have to look at these scriptures realistically and in context. So, so we can't take this scripture by itself 
and just take off running with it and do whatever we want to because Jesus did it. Um, but it does, again, suggest a continuity between the ministry of Jesus on this earth and our ministry in this day and time. So again, Jesus never said the gifts of healing and miracles would leave this world when he did or when the apostles did. It's not stated. Um, it's not explicitly stated. So why would we believe that it did? All right, next we're going to look at signs and wonders done in Acts by people who were not apostles. Um, Stephen and Philip in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, and we're going to read that. It says, Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve, the twelve disciples, summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven good men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and that guy, 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 a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied, multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So that was Acts 6, 1 through 7. So then let's move um, the verse after that. Acts 6, 8 says, Stephen who was one of the chosen by the disciples, Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great signs and wonders among the people. So here's Stephen, who is not an apostle. He was chosen by the disciples to go out and minister. But he is not an apostle, and we are told that he is out there doing signs and wonders among the people. Then if we jump forward a couple chapters to chapter 8, verse 6, and the multitudes with one accord gave heed to what was said by Philip, who was another one of the chosen, when they heard him and saw the signs which he did. So both Stephen and Philip were out there doing signs and wonders, both of them not being apostles. So these men were not apostles, but they were specially chosen by the apostles. Um, so this, this obviously shows that signs and wonders were not exclusive to the apostles. Now let's look at Galatians 3, chapter 5 which says, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? With faith. So God was supplying his Spirit to the Galatians, um, not the apostles, to the church, the Galatian church he was supplying his Spirit to, and working miracles among them when Paul was there. So that was a short one. Um, so lastly, we're going to look at gifts of healing, and miracles. Um, so if we go back and we look at our, our passage, um, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is teaching here that in the church there were gifts of healing, um, there were gifts of miracles for various believers. He doesn't say, to the apostles I gave 
gifts of healing. And to the apostles, I gave gifts of uh, miracles. In verses 7 through 10, again, we read, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, gifts of healing. To another, working of miracles. Then later, so that was verse 7 through 10. Later, in verse 28, he distinguishes all of that from the apostolate. When he says, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing. So when we look at our main scripture, it looks like the gift of healing and the gift of miracles is separate from the apostles. It doesn't mean the apostles didn't have those gifts because we know they did, but it puts them in two different places. Um, So he is not saying to the apostles only I gave these gifts. He is saying to one I gave this gift, to another I gave this gift. Then I appointed apostles and prophets and teachers. So here it seems pretty clear um, that there were gifts of healing and that there were gifts of miracles that were not limited to the apostles, that were given to other people who were not apostles. Uh, Because of this, signs and wonders were not limited to the apostles or that age, but are available for us today and should be sought for the good of the church and the spread of the gospel. Now that would be the viewpoint of those who believe we should still be pursuing those things today because of these different uh, pieces of evidence. Um, so, So how do we balance these two views? They're both backed up by Scripture. They both, I think, they both sound good. Um, I didn't see anything inherently wrong with any of them. If you do, let me know. Um, but they're, 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 they seem to be teaching two different things. Um, first, we should obviously recognize that there was a very unique thing about Jesus' ministry because he was the Son of God. He was sent here to minister, he was sent here to heal, and he was sent here to bring salvation. Um, so that time in history, we, there's no arguing that that time in history was different than the time we're in now because Jesus was here, and he is not physically walking the earth here today. We still have his spirit, but it is different. Um, Christ was the Son of God, so he had every gift and every power of God at his disposal to use as he wished. Um, the apostles, while they were not Jesus, they were not God, they were set apart by God. They were specially commissioned to spread the gospel and to begin the church. So maybe they were given special gifts, um, special powers that we would not see today because their role has already been fulfilled. Second, we cannot deny that healings and miracles do not occur today. Um, Well, we can't deny, yeah, we can't deny that they do not occur. Um, Again, most of us have seen a miracle, have seen a healing, or have experienced one, or who knows someone who's experienced one. Um, But it is apparent that these gifts don't exist like they did back then. Um, I, my belief is that they're, 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 and I may be wrong, I may be flat out wrong, but that in this world right now, there are not people who have the gift of healing and who have the gift of miracles like the apostles did. So to conclude, um, I want to touch on one of our scriptures that we looked at before, um, 
just to kind of give my, my personal viewpoint to close it out. Uh, Hebrews 2, 1 through 4 says, It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his own will. So here's how I look at it, and this may not help you, but it helps me. Since we are told in that verse that God distributes his gifts according to his own will, not according to our will, according to his will, according to God's will, I myself would never dare to state what God's will is um, without clear direction in Scripture, without direct revelation from God, without some way of God showing me, this is my will for this thing. If that's not there, then it is not for me to sit here and say what God's will is. Um, and this applies to all the gifts. This applies to everything, really, to anything in life. Um, it's just one of those things that it's not 100% clear, but we are given, given a lot of direction. So, if it is God's will to appoint someone and give them the gift of healing and the gift of miracles, I'm not going to say that that gift is not true and that gift is not from God. Now, we should approach that gift and approach that person's ministry with, um, you know, with an open mind, approaching it with guidance of the Holy Spirit, with discernment. We shouldn't just, if we see somebody get healed, we shouldn't just automatically say, man, that is awesome, that is from God. You know, we, we have to approach these things with the Word. Um, we have to approach all of these types of things with the Holy Spirit's guidance because we know that there are false prophets out there. Um, there are people out there who may have some power, but it may not be power from Jesus. Um, it may not be from God. It, it may be from Satan to, to mislead us and to try and destroy us. All right, so that was touching on um, the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. Does anybody have any questions? Anything they want to say? No? And it's actually 10 o'clock. How about that? <laughs> I did not think I would talk for that long. That makes me happy. Um, all right, so I'll close this in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. Um, I personally thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to to dive into this study and to, to learn more about it um, because it, it just seems like you always learn more when, when you are reading the scriptures and, and you are doing the research, God. And I, I, I thank you for the things you revealed to me during that. Um, I pray that the message would have been communicated, Lord, so that, uh, so that confusion would not exist, but that, that people would be able to, to read the scriptures for themselves, um, to seek you out in prayer, um, and through your guidance, Lord, that, that they would come to understand uh, uh, what, what these scriptures are telling us, God, and, and how we should approach these, these different sign gifts in our lives today. Um, God, I pray, that, I pray that people will be healed. I pray that miracles will continue um, because we need them, Lord. This world needs them. This world needs to see evidence of you, God. Um, so I pray just whatever your will would be for these gifts, Lord, that it would, that it would work its way out and that it would occur. I pray for the service today, Lord, as we have this, this awesome day of, of evangelism, Lord. I pray that people would just be drawn in. Um, I pray that you would fill this house with people who need to hear the message of your salvation. I pray that you would open hearts, that you would open minds, and that you would just, just let people see how, how great of a salvation it is, Lord. Um, I pray that you'll continue to bless all of us and bless this service today. In Jesus' name, amen.